Hey guys, welcome back to eConnect. This is Ananya Vyan Akshaya. What huge event happened last week? You know what? I've been thinking that too. Like, did anything happen? It was such a boring week. Nothing. Nothing huge really happened over the past week. We really couldn't figure out anything that we could speak about in this episode. Such a such a mundane week. So 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 so. Thanks, Vya. Um. Okay. Uh. After that, I genuinely thought that was a broken tape recorder, but that's enough, guys. We all know what happened this week. Let's stop torturing the people who genuinely listen to our podcast. I mean, we don't want to drive them away now, do we? Um. Yeah. Fine. Basket. Obviously, we're going to be talking about the G7 summit, which was held in Cornwall, United Kingdom. So, what is the G7? Definition coming your way. Definition alert. The G7 is an organization of the world's wealthiest liberal democracies. It is a political symposium where leaders from the G7 countries meet every year since 1970. These countries include Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the UK, and the United States of America. The members represent leaders of the world's greatest power and have close economic and diplomatic ties. Originally, the G7 was called the G8 up until Russia was excluded after annexing Crimea in 2014. You might remember this as the organization which Donald Trump tried to re-include Russia in. The 47th G7 summit was held this year. Prime Minister Boris Johnson invited leaders of South Africa, India, South Korea, and Australia. The main focus of the G7 2021 meeting was to discuss how the world can recover from the from the pandemic. So now we'll be discussing some of the key outcomes of the meeting that was held. One of the major results of the summit was the pledge to provide one billion doses of vaccines to developing countries to overcome the COVID nineteen crisis. According to Boris Johnson, the main goal. Is to vaccinate the world by the end of 2022. Now, of course, this is a great gesture. Gesture, <laughs> of course, this is a great gesture. And um, the WHO Director General also thanked these countries and added that we need more vaccines and we need them faster. That's not the only thing that they're doing to help developing countries. The G7 members also developed. A number of policies, programs, and initiatives to help low and middle-income countries develop their economies and achieve their economic goals faster. Now, the goal for any developing country would be to transition from the developing to the developed stage. Right, having lived in India for so long, that becomes quite apparent. Now, the G7 plans on helping these states uh, really build their infrastructure, especially because of the terrible impact COVID-19 has had on their economies now the pandemic has affected even the world's most developed economies and it's bound to have a huge impact on those that still don't have adequate infrastructure to deal with a crisis of this magnitude so one of the main projects that they have decided on is the build back better world project or the b3w which is in their words a values driven high standard and transparent initiative To help build infrastructure in poorer countries. Now, this has huge 
impacts for all those countries that will benefit from such a program. And it is also important to note that this initiative rivals China's Belt and Road Initiative, which was started in 2013, which claims to have similar goals. Now, China denies that they have any ulterior motives in following this policy. But many, many critics all over the world argue that this is a form of debt trap diplomacy. Debt trap diplomacy is a method used by authoritarian and powerful regimes to exert political influence over countries by means of lending to them and making them indebted. And this obviously is not a, a very good thing to help countries, right? It isn't very nice, to say the least. And that's why the B3W was proposed and is going to be implemented soon. While we're on the topic of China, another thing that's important to mention is President Joe Biden condemning China for its human rights violations and its alleged use of forced labor. If you all don't know what I'm referring to, according to the UN and other rights groups such as Amnesty International, the Uyghur Muslim community is being detained and persecuted in camps in China. Although the Chinese government refutes this and says that those camps are just vocational camps to prevent religious extremism, reports from the Human Rights Watch identified a range of abuses against Turkic Muslims that amount to offenses committed as part of a widespread and systematic attack directed against a population. So it's pretty clear that President Biden has been successful in getting the G7 to address China's growing power and to combat its questionable methods. It's not just China that has been violating human rights. It's also happening in Ethiopia. Now, a huge trigger warning for everyone who's listening. There's fear everywhere. You, you, you see gunshots, rapes, limited free speech, execution, which has led to people to go into hiding. Now, something that also needs to be mentioned is that there has been a war that has been going on between the Prime Minister of Ethiopia, that's uh, Abiy Ahmed, and the Tigray ruling party, that's the TPLF, uh, the full form being Tigray People's Liberation Front. Now, two million people have been forcefully displaced and thousands have been killed. Something that, something that we need to know is that this has just not started right now. It's been going on since the 1970s, where the TPLF um, dominated the whole country. And recently, in 2018, uh, when Abiy Ahmed took the place uh, in the government, they sidelined the TPLF. Now, the, the elections last year due to COVID were cancelled by the government, but the TPLF did not budge even a little and they kept regional regional um, parliamentary elections and that kind of you know the government retaliated and the war between these two parties is very visible and very prominent now the united nations has called for an investigation of war crimes and the united nations has cut the economic and security aid to ethiopia now this obviously has economic impact like, you know, the, go the government needs money for, you know, to develop the country, to develop the infrastructure. And since the US has banned this, it kind of forces uh, Ethiopia and the government uh, there to improve the conditions so that they can get back the financial aid that they require. There's a lot of need for that in developing countries. On May 26, President Joe Biden said that the large-scale human rights abuses that are taking place in Tigray, including the widespread of sexual violence, etc., they're totally unacceptable and they must end. That's why in the summit, it was discussed that it is very, very important 
for them to end the ongoing humanitarian crisis because it's affecting the people rather than affecting the parties that have been fighting for such a long time it's it's terribly heartbreaking to hear that so many people around the world are facing such terrible situations it really makes me think about how privileged i am i mean i do whine and complain a lot but this is unbelievable but i won't get into that right now and now you might be thinking that one of the central themes of the summit this year was to call out countries that were employing questionable methods and to combat these issues to make the world a better and safer place now although this was one of the main topics that was discussed in the summit from the united states perspective there was an important message that they had to deliver to the world if i were to use a phrase you uh, used by president joe biden himself it was to showcase to the world that america is back at the table now this was obviously in reference to his predecessor's policies that had created a lot of friction between the united states and other countries around the world and it was especially important because of the trump administration's failure to address climate change issues which was something that was highlighted in the summit i want to talk, i want to talk about climate change climate change is i really want to talk about climate change akshay thank you so much um i'll be talking about what the countries of the g7 promised to do promised as in agreed upon so the seven countries agreed to limit the rise in global temperature to 1.5 degrees celsius and reach net zero carbon emissions by 2050 additionally they committed to protecting and conserving at least 30% of land and oceans by 2030 g7 leaders pledged to phase out coal fired power generation at home and to end funding for new coal burning power plants in the developing world the leaders committed to offering developing nations 2.8 billion dollars to help them switch to cleaner fuels this is quite a huge step when it comes to climate change and protecting the environment i just like to say that i could have said that just as well thank you via for interrupting me it was appreciated um aksha i think we should gang up on via because that's really rude of her to interrupt you y'all do this off the podcast already please don't do this on the podcast too yes we are we we get your interruption and that was really well read another point that really needs to be discussed are the tax havens now you might be wondering what these are Now, tax havens are places or countries with very low tax rates for foreign investors. Now, the leaders have discussed the implementation of a minimum global tax rate of at least fifteen percent on multinational companies. Now, the tech giants like, uh, namely, Google, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, and Microsoft. Now, they get a lot of advantage from you know tax havens, the the low taxes, and this kind of gives them an unreasonable profit. and this profit comes at the cost of other developing countries and hurt their economy now there's a little bit of explanation that needs to be there behind so if there is a place with lower tax rate the multinational companies are going to set up their centers and factories in that country where they're offering such low rate so what this does is that the home country of the company uh, it kind of goes into a state of unemployment like the people of the country go into unemployment because the centers are not there well looks like tax havens aren't going to be havens much longer for multinational companies i'm sorry for that pathetic attempt at a joke uh, it's probably because of this extremely info heavy episode we had uh, we hope you enjoyed it uh, that's a wrap on this episode of econnect thank you thank you